you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. And as always, I have a very, very special show for you today. I have a very special guest that you're going to love because Selena Moon is an expert, an expert is an intuitive coach and a transformational facilitator, a healer, joining us today from British Columbia. I'm going to read Selena's bio to you in one moment. And this is a show that we've been looking forward to for some time. And we're going to talk about a lot of very current, very topical, very poignant events that are going on in this world, and I am looking forward to it. So, Selena is an intuitive coach and transformational facilitator with a background in psychosomatic therapy, NLP, and energy healing. Selena is dedicated both personally and professionally to the journey of self-discovery as she believes it is possible for the human race to evolve radically beyond our limitations by becoming self-aware. Besides being a facilitator of spiritual evolution for clients and event participants, Selena prioritizes practical applications to develop greater emotional awareness in people by bridging the gap between spirituality and practicality. Selena can see emotional and spiritual root causes that create physical limitations and assist people in transforming these blocks through quantum healing techniques. Selena is passionate about working with individuals who are ready to break through their own limitations and create substantial shifts in their lives. Please help me welcome Selena Moon. Selena, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you all today. This is going to be fun, and for a worldwide audience as well, and commercial-free, by the way, here. And uh, we're going to enjoy this conversation greatly. So, Selena, there's so much in your bio, so much experience that I'm dying to talk about with you here. And yeah. the, the, one of the themes that keeps coming up is the theme of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. When I think about you and your work, it's all about self-discovery. So how did you begin that journey? When, when was that? What was that That's like? a great question. Yeah. So I went through a fairly challenging divorce when I was in my mid-20s. Okay. And it led me to a place where I felt extremely disconnected from myself, disconnected from the friendships that I had built, disconnected from my family, disconnected even from my career. And I felt very isolated and very alone for a period of about a year. And during that time, it really catapulted me to start doing a lot of work in the area of self-discovery because I felt like I had completely lost myself, my, my labels and my attachments to the outside world and everything that, how, that I thought that I needed to define myself came crumbling down to a point where I no longer felt like I knew who I was anymore. And mm. I really had to take a hard look at my life and ask myself why I had made some fairly, um, you know, weird decisions in my, 
in my life that I don't necessarily regret, um, but I can look back at myself now with compassion and say, you know, this is how I was operating from the place that I was at during that time. Okay. And this is why I made these choices. And, and I think once I started diving into myself and discovering these aspects of myself and the way that I was thinking and the belief patterns that were operating, I really began to recognize my patterns and see why I was making certain decisions and then forgive myself for putting myself in scenarios that were not, not quite comfortable for me. Okay. And then this happened uh, several years ago then, correct? Yeah, this happened about 10 years ago. Okay. All right. Well, and, and then, you know, what did the, the process of, of discovery look like for you when you were going through that process? Because I know that a number of our listeners have been through, if not a divorce, at least a very painful breakup from mm-hmm. a long-term relationship. So at what point did you begin to ask yourself different questions? Yeah, so I, for me personally, it was really all about spending time in isolation And what I realized was that I spent so much of my time being around others to please other people and to feel like I belonged somewhere. I would would often go out of alignment with myself to really adhere to the needs of others. And I didn't really know what my own needs were. And so I really, I really started to do more traveling, solo traveling. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I started to really connect with a variety of books. Um, and practices such as The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which totally Mm. revamped my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. I've heard of it, never read it. Okay, yeah. So there's a practice in there called the morning pages where every morning Mm. you get up and you just write whatever's top of mind and you don't necessarily think about it. It can just be chicken scratch. And it really started to, yeah, you do it for 30 minutes every morning. And and all of a sudden, um, my, my mind started clearing up and I was really able to go deeper into myself and start exploring the different elements of self as I started writing and connecting back through meditation, through nature, through solo travel and releasing the people in my life, um, not by choice, but just sort of by circumstance. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was sort of forced to dive into some of my own stuff that I had been avoiding. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. would you, yeah. All right. So a couple of things that are, I definitely want to ask you about one okay. is one <laughs> is the travel and the other is you just mentioned it, some of your stuff that you were avoiding. Um, and mm. would you, would you mind saying some more about that for our listeners? What was that specifically? Mm, yeah. So for example, um, well, did you want me to talk about the travel first or the avoiding stuff? Oh first? gosh. Well, you know, <laughs> um, Let's talk about the travel and then the avoiding stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yeah, with the travel, um, you know, I had gone backpacking quite a bit before my marriage happened and I was already very accustomed to going on adventures by myself and going through Europe and taking road trips. Um, But after my divorce, I decided to do something called, which I called my own silent retreat. So it wasn't Mm. like a, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like an organized retreat. It was like, self-inflicted silence so <laughs> right self-inflicted and, retreat now you're gonna sell these to us <laughs> self-inflicted i love that the self-inflicted silent retreat uh-huh. and, so, and so i would just like send myself to these places like mexico and cuba and i would put myself in like a in like a little like energetic 
container where I wouldn't interact with people. Like even right down to the food, everything was like buffet style. So I never had to order anything. And I just really kept to myself and I, I didn't talk to anybody. I brought journals, I brought crystals and I brought okay. some books and for, I would do this for like 10 days at a time. And I just would go so deep into myself through meditating with the crystals and really connecting to my intuition and diving into my heart and letting myself cry whenever I needed to cry and, and letting myself express through my writing, whatever I hadn't expressed to anybody in a long time. And all of a sudden I just started integrating so many things that were going on beneath the surface, but I had never really given my chance, myself a chance to explore or experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's really interesting because people think of a lot of retreats being held in silence in a, in a retreat center or a cloistered yeah. environment. So here you were, Self-inflicted, baby. Yeah, avoiding <laughs> avoiding restaurants and things. Um, so I, I, I've written down the term self-inflicted silent retreat. So how long were these retreats? Um, anywhere from seven to 10 days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you took yourself to Mexico. So where were you yeah. in Mexico on your silent so, retreats? Yeah, so I did um, a month in Isla Mujeres, and, which you know all about. Oh, I love it. Yep. And I did about three of them to um, Manzanillo, Cuba. Manzanillo, Cuba. Okay. I kept going to Manzanillo. Mm. I went to Manzanillo three times. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, is very interesting because so many people that are involved in a breakup or a, a, a divorce um, that are in the midst of that dream of travel, uh, you know, they dream of going someplace to just experience something different as a reset. So, you know, what, what, what did you learn from these self-inflicted silent retreats that you'd care to share? Definitely. So I had just, I had just been so accustomed to really looking out for other people. Um, you know, I was brought up in a society or in a culture and a community in a society where everyone else is before you. Mm. And so mm -hmm. my, my inner my inner relationship with myself did not exist because I was always, I was always suppressing my own needs to the okay. point where I didn't even know what I needed. So it's like, if I needed water or if I needed more sleep or if I needed exercise or if I needed stillness or if I needed music or if I needed love or if I needed touch, if I needed sunshine, I didn't know, I never knew what I needed because I was just so involved as an empath with all the people around me all the time that I, I finally had an opportunity to listen to my inside self that was asking for things and telling me things that were needed that I had never heard before. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's very interesting that you mentioned your, your upbringing um, and, and cultural upbringing. And this mm -hmm. was then one of the first times that you began to, to do this. Because I know that yeah. there are people out there listening that would love to go off to the Caribbean and Isla Mujeres mm -hmm. and Cuba for um, an extended period of time traveling. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, where have you, uh, what's been your most memorable in all of your travels? Is there one journey that stands out as the most memorable? And if so, for what reason? Well, I have all kinds of memorable journeys because there's yeah. a part of me that's super mischief and likes to get into trouble. All right. And, and so <laughs> there's some really interesting stories that I have from my, tra my trips to Europe, just doing a little cool. bit, 
you're getting a little crazy, you know, dancing on tables and getting almost arrested in foreign uh, lands. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not then, life until you almost get locked up. <laughs> that's what I said too. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had some pretty great experiences. You know, I had my passport stolen when I was in Madrid and had to find oh, a wow. way to get back to Canada without Ooh. knowing anybody. And that was really fun. I met all these great people and was super supported by the universe. Um, and, and really, I think one of the most amazing trips that I ever did was to Machu Picchu oh, in wow. Peru, yeah, uh, where okay. I did the, uh, the Inca Trail. And um, I really feel like the Inca Trail woke me up to a whole new way of being with nature, with myself, with simplicity, with silence, with just taking life one step at a time, facing my fears, overcoming altitude sickness and things like that really tested me to a point where... I feel like I really became a lot stronger of a person okay. from that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. Machu Picchu. I'm excellent. Well, I did want to spend a few minutes talking about travel, but uh, yeah. the other topic is something that I think will, um, will really help a lot of people, especially those that are going through a, a traumatic breakup, a divorce, or you know, even a switch in careers, any kind mm. of life transition. And yeah. that's uh, being aware uh, that you've been running from your own stuff, from your own experience, and then doing something to turn that around. So what did that look like for you? Yeah. So for me personally, um, you know, I grew up in a family that I was kind of the black sheep of a family. Oh, okay. And I had a lot of, I had a lot of weird stuff going on, like psychic gifts and intuitive powers and abilities and the ability to just really empath the people around me. And I always felt a little bit like an outcast in my family. Um, I felt like an outcast in my community. My beliefs were very different. Um, I never really identified, for example, with death, with, with crazy amounts of grief, because I always had this sense of the afterlife. You know, um, my, okay. my sister would love to be like, you know, on the phone talking to her friends late at night. And I would just be sitting by the window talking to the moon late at night. And, you know, I was just always sort of a strange child. Um, my, my friends growing up, a lot of them were my teachers. I spent okay. a lot of time with teachers, even though I wasn't like a teacher's pet. I just really enjoyed speaking to adults. Um, All right. Yeah. So I've always had sort of a weird quality about me since birth. Mm -hmm. And I felt very, I felt very uncertain of myself most of my life because no one could ever reflect back to me what that was. Okay. So the people around me always knew there was something about me, but no one was able to really articulate it in words or explain it to me or or really just identify it as being okay. So mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time just hiding these parts of myself or feeling weird about these parts of myself or feeling a little bit out of place or alienated um, by my circles and my family members. And so I really didn't give myself a chance to go into that, uh, those aspects of myself until after my divorce. Okay. And, and when I started doing that, I started realizing, you know, I'm really just not I'm just, I have to accept that I'm just not going to be like everyone else. You know, it's like the world is talking yes. about being a better giver and learning how to give. And it's like, I need to learn how to be a better receiver and I give too much. And, you know, it's like, I, I often felt that whatever was out there and being broadcasted was the opposite information of what I needed. And I think a lot of self-development books and, and a lot of, a lot of, um, I guess, like healing work really does cater to the narcissist. It caters to 
the type of person that, you know, that is a taker and, and is selfish. And I was kind of the opposite of that. I was always mm -hmm. very, I was too unselfish and too giving. And I spent a lot of my time losing things and giving things away because I just felt like I always wasn't worthy unless I gave something. And so I had a very, very low sense of self-worth. Mm -hmm. Very, um, yeah, I had a, I was a very insecure person and I really couldn't find a way to make myself feel better until I started diving deeper into myself and identifying that these aspects of myself are safe and it's okay for me to have these weird elements that is not quite yet understood by society. It's not quite right. accepted by society. It's not something that you can see somewhere on the news or in a film at the time or uh, you know, mm -hmm. in Hollywood or magazines, nobody's talking about it. Nobody in school is teaching it. Nobody in my workplace is noticing it or, or seeing it. It's very, it was just very isolating. So um, the discovery was really about myself and my power and oh, then yeah. finding a way to really make, make peace with that within myself and okay. then utilize that to start living life in alignment with that. All right. Well, yeah. yes. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned something that mm -hmm. um, is another theme of yours. And, and that is at the time, at the time that you were going through this, all of these um, characteristics, all of these abilities, if you want to call it that, whatever people want to call these, some people call them spiritual gifts. So whatever mm -hmm. terminology one wants to use on that, there was a time not too long ago when this was considered fringe and weird. And woo-woo. Yes. And super woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. Super woo-woo. And that yeah. is, is, is changing. And this is something that I know you love to talk about. And I'd love to mm -hmm. hear you, you talk some more about this. This is mm -hmm. a, there, there's a whole massive transformation and change going on right now so you know where are we going and, and how do you see all this playing out yeah so since unlocking my own spiritual powers i eventually started my own business seven years ago helping other oh. people unlock their spiritual powers okay and i started working from anywhere from real estate agents to healers to just baristas to people who came from the world of stripping um, and, mm -hmm. and the deeper that I got into the souls of the people I was working with, the more I realized that actually every human being has spiritual powers. Yes. It's just, that, it's just mm -hmm. that they just don't know and they're not really sure how to use them because they've never really been taught how to mm -hmm. use them. Right. And so one of the things that I've, I've come to recognize is that the older that we get, the more programmed we are to detach from our true selves and to really forget who we really are at our core because mm -hmm. there hasn't really been anyone to mentor us or lead us into ourselves. Um, and we, from a young age, are not given the tools in our current system to learn right. how to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I really wanted to come into the world as a person that brought these tools to the people and provided opportunities for people to dive into themselves without actually necessarily over smothering or holding their hand, but rather holding them in a place of unconditional love to empower them to do the work for themselves, but also recognize that they had someone that had their back that would make sure they yeah. wouldn't falter. Um, right. And so that's, 
that's been my journey is really the discovery that every single human being actually, yes, in fact, does have spiritual powers. Um, and with my own spiritual powers becoming more and more accentuated, I've been able to really identify more specifically and with more discernment the aspects and the essences of individuals and their spiritual powers. And in relaying okay. those powers back to them, these people get really ignited in their purpose in life and their career paths become more stronger and their sense of fulfillment increases. And then their dynamics with their family shift for the better. And there's sure. a greater sense of self-acceptance that happens when people start recognizing their own spiritual gifts and powers. Right. And I think that's really where we're going. I think okay. we're going, yeah, I think this is a, you know, if you look at the kids, this, this new age kids that are coming through, they're very different from how we were growing up. Um, yes. You know, they have very different ways of seeing the world and they are not going to sit here and, and tolerate our system because they are much more evolved past our systems that we are offering and they need more. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, for me, it's really like the way that I'm seeing this is that we need to evolve quickly and we need to be able to not only hold space for ourselves to step into the sense of power and awareness of who we are as people and our spiritual powers and our abilities to really get into our emotional bodies and recognize how right, our emotions right. play out and see our see the way that we experience life and then identify with our ego versus our higher self and be able to discern when which one is active um sure. and, and i think that's very um you know i think that that's that's all very basic from what the future will be i think what i'm speaking about is just very very much like you know intuition self-awareness 101 because I feel like it's going to go, it's going to blast even beyond that where our future children are going to be like, well, I know I'm from this planet and I know I came from this planet and I know that I'm a seed from here and I know that I bring this technology and this frequency and I know the sounds like mm, this and, and mm -hmm. I have all yeah. these, you know, telepathic abilities and I think it's going to be, it's going to be a whole new humanity we're going to see in the future generations from okay. the unlocking of these powers. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Uh, one of the things that strikes so many people about this transformation is it seems to be happening at high speed at an exponential rate. Yes. Now, are you experiencing that? I, I take it you are. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I feel like I waited my whole life for this pandemic to finally come around. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, say some more about that. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like I've just been in a waiting game for a very long time of life. I see. You okay. know, cultivating this information and having this knowledge and just waiting for people to finally be in a space where they feel vulnerable and raw enough to, to indulge in themselves at this mm. kind of a level. Um, and so for me, it's kind of been like, I feel like I'm, I'm like, oh, finally, <laughs> it just feels uh, like a finally. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I know a lot of our listeners can relate to that is yeah. the last, okay, now here we are doing things correctly for yes. once. Yes. yes. Well, and you mentioned a minute ago that we need to evolve quickly. What, what if we don't mm -hmm. as a species, what's going to happen if we don't meet this evolution? You know, my, my theory is that the law of duality is not going anywhere. And I really do believe that, you know, when there's yeah. light, there's dark. And when there's dark, there's light. And they both do a serve, serve a purpose. You know, there was once a time in my life where I was very into this love and light and completely in denial of the shadow self and completely in denial of the darkness. And I don't think yeah. that actually served me at all. And I don't think it actually serves anybody to deny the darkness. I think it's actually quite healthy. Um, However, if we don't integrate our darkness in a way that helps us to 
become self-aware so that our actions are not coming from those dark places, but rather okay. they're, they're fueling our awareness of the light. And then we're using that awareness to step into our positive actions. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really, I really believe that the dark and the light, the, the, the bridge between the two is actually lengthening. So what mm. I mean by that is that there, there's going to be eventually two very distinct parallel realities existing on earth. Um, where those who are in reality in the darker reality don't even see what's happening in the lighter reality. And then those are who are in the lighter reality don't see what's happening in the darker reality. Okay. And, and yeah. so it's like the same planet, but two very different types of existence. And I think that people are predicting that all the people who are following these new sort of vibrations are going to all go to one part of the world and the others will stay in one. And I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm -hmm. That's an, I okay. personally, that doesn't resonate with me. Um, I believe that we're all going to be living. We're, we're just going to see what we are and whatever we're not, we're not going to see it anymore because we're just not vibrating at that anymore. Right. Now, does this yeah. mean in your mind that we'll be still interacting with people? Because if, if all of the, the people that are vibrating at a certain level move to a certain part of the world, which actually I don't think will happen either yeah. because we all prefer certain climates and, yeah. <laughs> and locations, yeah. things exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. Will we be able to interact? Are, are, the, are the people that are vibrating higher with these new frequencies be able to interact with those who are not? Well, I think it's just a matter of like attracts like. So if a person who's normally in a dark energy steps into a higher vibrational energy okay. for a day, I think absolutely they can interact with someone from the higher vibrational world. And I think if someone from mm -hmm. the higher vibrational world feels like they want to go back into the darkness and, and explore more of their darkness, then I definitely think that they will then interact with someone from the other world. I think we always have a choice every single day what we're going to yeah. vibe with. And based on right. that vibration, we will attract what we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. And you mentioned doing some of the the shadow work. I mean, that's that's a term, of course, that people mm -hmm. use. You know, whether mm -hmm. that uh, is one that you use or not. But going into mm -hmm. these darker aspects of yourself, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that how did that serve you in particular? Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never is. <laughs> there was a, you know, there, at, at some point I had to get to a place, Tomas, where I said to myself, if I don't let these emotions move through my body, they will be forever stuck in my body. Oh yeah. And I, I know that there are two types of people. There are people who go into flight and then there are people who go into fight. Mm -hmm. And the people who go into fight are the ones that suppress their emotions and tend to store extra weight like myself and my family. And then there are people who go into flight who actually escape their emotions before they hit their body. And those are the people that have difficulty gaining weight and difficulty. Um, you know, get, being strong. And, mm -hmm. and it's, um, you know, for me and my pattern, it's a fight pattern where I have a tendency to then suppress my emotions. And so I had to sort of be willing to go back and relive my trauma, but from a place of awareness and recognizing that if I relive this once and for all, it will be gone forever. Okay. Yeah. And when you yeah. work with clients, do you, is this something that you help them do? Yeah. However, because I'm intuitive, um, I don't use this model for every client. There are clients that if okay. I were to do that with, they would probably end up in the dark night of the soul for the next three years. Oh, and I'm given yeah. that information prior to working with them with that. Mm -hmm. So the beautiful thing is when I work with a client, I get to connect with their higher self and ask their higher self, how would you like to process your darkness? Okay. 
And so it's a very individualistic experience for everyone. Um, so some clients, they do need to just have someone hold space for them to dance mm -hmm. and move it through their body. And then I guide them through a process like that and it's fine. And others okay. can't, are not even connected enough to their body to do that. Um, and so we have to use other, um, I, I can often use other more spiritual energetic tools to just start working on the energy body. And that eventually, as you know, trickle, trickles into the mental body and the emotional body and the physical body. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, yeah. And when you speak in your biography of quantum healing techniques, are these mm -hmm. some of the techniques that you, that you put into play? Absolutely. Because for me, quantum healing is really about, um, you know, you can, you can jump to a different timeline. Yeah. Right. So, so we can go back to, okay, so someone has a trauma at birth, you know, they're born on, I was, I was laughing with one of my clients the other day. I said, I think maybe you were born onto like a piece of plastic and it was really uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you're just uncomfortable in your body for that reason. You know, it could be something really silly. Um, and, and so if we could go back and have you being rebirthed onto like a cloud or the feeling of like a soft pillow, you know, mm -hmm. how would you feel different in your body? And to just really start to bring in that new element of what it's like to be born and onto a soft surface can completely change somebody's entire life if okay. that was their trauma. So yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm really gifted with the ability to see where the root of trauma starts from. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I see a past life. Sometimes I'll see this life. Sometimes I'll see an ancestral thing. Sometimes it'll just be um, just like a, a, a false memory that someone had where someone else was sharing a story and then they took in that story and made it their own too much because they were too open and empathic. So we have to remove that. You know, it's always different from person to person, but the quantum healing is in essence here to shift the vibration of the DNA to have the person vibrating in a different vibration and a different energy. So they're attracting a different reality and experiencing a different effect. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and then at what point um, did you become aware in your own life that you mm -hmm. had all of these techniques at your disposal and available to you to help people? That's a great question. Um, so it's interesting because when I started off in this work, I started with psychosomatic therapy, as mm. you saw. And psychosomatic therapy is how the notion of how your body is your autobiography. So I would have clients come in in person and I would, I would have them lay there naked and I would be able to tell based on the shape of their back and where they're like, where maybe they had red spots or where they had even birthmarks. I could see even just based on the shape of their forehead, their nose, their lips, their mouth, their symmetry, this, that, where their pain was. I could tell an entire being's story from that. Okay. I could tell what their relationship was with their mother. I could tell what their relationship was with their father. I could see where they were giving away their power. I could see if they were oh. holding grief. I could see if there was a lack of forgiveness towards somebody. I could see if they thought too much and didn't feel mm -hmm. enough. I could see if they felt too much and didn't think enough. I could see if their purpose was on, but their direction was off or their direction was off and their purpose was off. So I could see so okay. many things just by looking at a body. And so that's how my work started is I had client after client after client come and lay on my bed and I would do something called emotional release trigger point therapy. And we were taught hundred and some points in the body to go in and release. Okay. But while I was doing this work, I was also in my own meditations heavily. And mm. so eventually my breakthroughs happened when I could finally look at somebody's body and I would go to one of the points and I'd say like something like, Hey, did your dad chase you with a baseball bat when you were a kid? And they'd be like, how do you know that? And it's like, I can actually see that on your left hip. 
at this oh, yeah. point of your body and that's what's stored there you know and then this 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 person would literally just have an emotional outburst and react to it as i went into it and then it'd be gone completely okay completely dissolved oh, wow. um and so the more that i took these clients in person the more i was able to see things in these people's bodies that were prevalent Mm-hmm. And I was able to understand why they were having some of the life problems that they were having, because I was also studying the work of Bashar, who talks about how like the world is just our mirror. And so everything we're feeling and experiencing inside right. is also just reflected back to us. And so yeah. when someone would be like, oh, I'm having difficulties finding a job or I'm having like I'm being victimized in my relationship or whatever it is, I was always able to get to the root of that just by looking at their body. And okay. shifting that would shift their relationships because right. we hold these memories in our body. So when we release the memory from the body, we actually bring a different energy, a different vibration. We shift our relationships. We shift our patterns. We, everything shifts. So yes. people who came to me that were like infertile would leave fertile and have a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, people that came to me that were obese would potentially lose five inches in one session with me around their waist. You know, so there were a lot of very powerful, potent things oh, happening and I was able to really start to use my gifts that were coming through my meditations to see in a more fine-tuned way the energies on people's bodies. And eventually got to a point where I didn't even have to look at a body anymore. I could just listen to a voice. Oh, yeah. And okay. I could, so it's like, I don't even need to see my clients anymore. I can just hear their voice and I can tell them, okay, the reason this is happening with your partner is because there's something I'm sensing in this earlobe or whatever, where did you ever have this experience and they don't even know they're related. You know, okay. I had a client the other day say to yeah. me, like, I want to make more money. And, and I said, well, who did you bully in, in, in elementary school? And she's like, what does that have to do with it? And I said, well, your guilt is blocking your abundance. And she had no idea how the two were related. So, I mean, everything okay. is interrelated. All of our yes. lives are interrelated. Yes. Yes, and no I, think, I think that work really opened me up to this world of then being able to do it like this. Online. Okay. Well, and it varies depending on the person's needs then. So how can people find out more about you if they're Mm -hmm. interested in working with you? How can they reach you? Sure. So what I recommend doing is just going to my website. Um, It's Selena, yeah, selenaellamoon.com. So S-E-L-E-N-A. Ella is E-L-L-A and moon, like the moon, dot com. And you can check out some of the testimonials that my clients have shared and learn more about my coaching and the packages that I offer and just a little bit more about myself there. All right. Yeah, you yeah, can reach out it. to me from there too. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. And it's selenaellamoon.com. And I you want to ask it. you a couple of other questions here. Sure. Yeah. Um, one is, you know, you mentioned in your biography a a gap, bridging a gap between mm. spirituality and practicality. And I'd love it if you would say a little bit more about what that's like, how that works. Yeah. So I think, I think what people don't necessarily realize is that, they're, that they're, there's like a direct correlation between things like our karma, our energy bodies, and our habits yes. and what we choose to engage in. So for example, um, you know, the energy body is affected by what we eat. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 what the eating part is the practical part. And that does influence your spiritual abilities. Right. Um, and if you, have, if you have certain habits or addictive patterns of behavior, um, that can also block spiritual pathways. And so right. we have to understand that if we want to explore our spirituality, 
that our practical life needs to mirror back to us our alignment with our soul. Otherwise, we're going to create a dissociation between the two worlds and we're going to become either way too woo-woo or we're going to become totally disconnected from our spirituality and way too practical. And okay. that's what I'm seeing there where, where the gap is in the world is that people are either on one set, uh, side of the fence or the other. I, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, practicality and spirituality in a lot of people's minds don't go hand in hand. So it's, right. it's wonderful to know that there are ways to connect the two on this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Selena, I've also been meaning to ask you about something that, well, the listeners will now know if they don't already that you and I are both involved in. And yeah. that is I awesome. So mm. yeah, let's talk a little bit more about this and uh, what you're most excited about. And actually, if you wouldn't mind walking our listeners through what it is we're even talking about here, besides <laughs> the word awesome. I awesome. Yeah. I-A-U-S-M, the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. Yes. Uh, Tomas and I have have rocked this council <laughs> with our, our skills. <laughs> we're rocking it with our skill set, everybody. Just, just so you know, worldwide <laughs> listeners, we're rocking it. We're rocking it over here. Um, yeah, so it's, it's great to be involved with this. I'm sure you feel the same way where, you know, we're creating yes. an online platform for, mm -hmm. for teachers all over the world who are involved in bringing forth the new age education around the concept of self-mastery for, for people all over the world to discover themselves in ways that are not taught in our standard school systems. Yeah, right. And so I think, that, you know, it's, it's what I love about iAwesome. It's not only like an online schooling platform where you get to take your soul and ask your soul, what do I want to learn and let your soul <laughs> choose and your own curriculum. Um, but you also get to have this social platform, um, where you can connect with your, with your teachers. You can connect with other students through groups and have empowering conversations and stimulating conversations that really tickle your curiosity when it comes to learning about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not only is it a learning platform, it's also a social community that, that yeah. we're active building. And I can tell all of, uh, all of you listening out there that it is going to launch this fall, an online academy. And I know, Selena and I both know a number of the courses that are going to be offered and they're going mm -hmm. to be all kinds of healing modalities. Um, mm -hmm. There will be business courses. There will be courses that focus on personal growth and transformation, on exercise. It's a really wonderful community of talented faculty members from all over the world. And this is wonderful. Selena, what will you be offering on this platform? Oh, good question. I'm gonna be teaching a course about the universal laws. Oh, all right. Yeah, so I have a six part course. Cool. And I'm um, probably going to run a part two of it and a part three of it. And it's going to be an exciting place for people to, to learn about the universal laws and how they apply to their everyday practical realities. So 
I yeah. love that. Okay. What about yeah. you? What are you teaching? Well, actually, I'm teaching a course in basic meditation in Spanish. And nice. then um, then my business partner and another, a friend, a host of Light on Living on Home Times Radio, Lisa Berry, and I are teaching our, our signature podcast development course called Podcast Prosperity and a mastermind that's entitled Our Conscious Playground. And you can actually hear some of those episodes of Our Conscious Playground here on this radio show on Decide to Transform. So oh, yeah, we're, we'll be super busy. And uh, you know, I can, <laughs> I can just say that from interviewing a number of the faculty members myself that I wanna take everyone's courses. Yeah. All of them. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, for those of you out there listening, this launches this fall. It's the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. And the acronym is IAWESOME, I-A-U-S-M. And you can actually visit IAWESOME.com, I-A-U-S-M.com right now. Even prior to the launch, you yeah. can sign up for our newsletter to stay informed. Yes. Yes, of everything that's going on. And Selena, Ooh, you're and one take of, our quiz. Take yeah, our take quiz. the quiz. You're, and you're one of the scribes too. <laughs> I am. So any email you're getting has my has has a, has a little bit of meat in there. <laughs> I love this. All right, beautiful, beautiful. It's a lot of fun. So definitely, yeah. listeners, check that out. And Selena's website is Selena Ella Moon, all one word. SelenaEllaMoon.com. So Selena, before we wrap up, I've really enjoyed this show and getting to speak with you here. Thank before you. we, yeah, you're, you're most welcome. Before we, before we go, what words or um, anything else that you want to say mm -hmm. to our listeners here? Yeah, definitely. I want to let the listeners know that your life is absolutely worth every minute and that the more that you allow your life to be what it is and give yourself the love to dive into yourself and discover aspects of yourself, the more you will be fulfilled and happy in your future. And I really just want to encourage everyone that no matter what challenges you've been through or how frustrating any aspect of your life has been, that there is absolutely a light on the other side of that tunnel. And it's just a matter of really advancing your self-awareness and growing in your state of consciousness through these practices, meditation, self-care, self-love, um, you know, just even acknowledging who you are at a soul level can absolutely transform your life. And I want to encourage everyone to get on iawesome.com and get involved with themselves and do that. All right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Get involved with yourself and, and do this work because as we've yeah. seen, it's, it's not all rainbows and unicorns, as no. you put it. No. But, but it is on the other side. It is on the other side. Yeah. I'd say the rainbows and the unicorns actually end up coming on the other side every time. Well, that's perfect. So if you're in the market for rainbows and unicorns, do some really serious, serious personal growth work. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're in the market for rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> well, and, well said, Tomas. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. We all know people that are. All right. Well, Selena, this has been a real pleasure. And you guys, you can tell we have a lot of fun together. Yes, here. we do. So yeah. yes, Selena, it's been wonderful to have you as a guest on the show today. Thank you again for joining me. Yeah. And thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure to connect with you and speak with the, uh, our audience. It's a lot of fun. All right, guys. And this has been Decide to Transform with Selena Moon. And I want to wish everybody a beautiful day, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this show. 
have a great one, guys, and we'll talk to Bye, you soon. Bye, everybody. <laughs>